0: this week on in Sports Malik Conduct the calendar turns over to March and there's a lot of sports action going on some recent trades in Detroit with the Red Wings so we'll break that down for you and what kind of haul they got back for it the Tigers are just getting started in spring training and so far it's been pretty impressive we'll talk about why and then we talk about Michigan and their uh, narrow win over Iowa today in overtime and then we'll talk we'll preview Michigan State's upcoming matchup in the next round and all that and more on in Sports Malik Conduct next And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andy McDonald. I'll be your host. And to my right, Evan Petzold.
1: Evan, how are we doing? You know, doing good. I, I think it's interesting how when you, you take a coach like Sugavara here at Central Michigan, you know, with the women's team, and, and after, after the win, you know, as she does that at all the games, she addresses the crowd. and I, And I think that's the coolest thing, sitting there. Watching that game, I was, I was there on, on Wednesday as they, they took on Ball State, came back to win. and I know you're going to want to get into that um, yeah. you know, a lot later in, in our podcast, but I mean, after the game and then at some of the games that I've been at in the past, just the fact that they respect her so much that they allow her to address the entire crowd just on her own, and that's just what she does. Mm-hmm. You'll never see that with Keno Davis. You'll never see that with John Bonamago. No, I'll no, never really. see that with you anybody see here. A lot of
0: coaches, really, but it's just kind of the way that she does things. Like I covered the team all last year, it's, it's the way she's
1: been. It's cool. I, I like it. I dig it. So that was a, you know, that was a great way to get through the, you know, the midweek. You know, as is we're in, you know, kind of like the whole the whole midterms yeah. week right now. So, you know, being able to relax and and watch that game it was it was pretty cool. But I'm happy to be here. For sure. And to my left, Selena How Selena. How are we doing?
2: I'm doing good. Ready for. Uh... For Florida soon here.
0: Oh yeah, Take where are you going exactly? Uh, Daytona. Daytona. I went there last year. A lot of fun. It's going to
2: be a good time for it's
0: sure. Usually a pretty good time. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous that usually. I can't go. But yeah, there was, there was times last year when I was like, why, why am I doing this to myself? But at the same time, it's pretty, overall a pretty good time. But we got a lot of sports to talk about first and we'll start off here with uh, some big time tournament stuff. Uh, I mean, I covered this one today from from my apartment, and uh, the whole time I was just kind of like, wow, they're actually going to lose this game. Um, Iowa gave them everything they had. And sometimes I think, you know, those playing games, or not really playing games, but those first-round games uh, for the lower teams in the Big Ten, I think that almost helps them a little bit to kind of actually get something, like, you know, kind of get some game action going. And sometimes the other team can come out slow, and I think that that happened a lot to Michigan today. They just did not have the three-pointers clicking like they've had all season long. Very uncharacteristic. The one thing that was characteristic of them was missing their free throws. They continued to do that on the stretch, and they needed to make them. Um, luckily, they were able to uh, pull away the seventy-seven, seventy-one win. Um, uh, Luca Garza had a chance to make a three-pointer. It was a pretty good look. And um, overtime, with about twenty-four seconds left, I think it was, missed the shot. Michigan gets lucky and kind of just has enough uh, enough there to be able to get away with it. Duncan Robinson made a lot of big, a lot of big shots off the bench today. I think I think you really chalked it up for him to get the win, um, even though Matthews had sixteen points to back him as well.
1: What are you, What are your initial thoughts on this one? Free throws, free throws, free <laughs> throws. I mean, they eighteen for thirty-two from the line. It's not. It's not like they shot fifty percent and were five of ten. I mean, that that's yeah. eighteen for thirty-two. I mean, you make a good majority of those, and and you end up, you know, you win the game by six. But you make a good majority of those, you you can win the game by by sixteen points. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference. That's a big difference. And I, and I think when it comes down to the teams, I know I, I've said and I think that it, it comes down to close big Ten games in the big Ten tournament closed games in the NCAA tournament if a team wants to make a run go all the way etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah you have to be able to make late free throws because you're always gonna have there's always gonna be one or two close games yep. in the course of both tournaments that's just how it is no team ever makes it Winning by twenty five every game, it no. just doesn't happen. It's college basketball.
0: Yep, it's close. No matter what, everybody's playing for their life. A team like Iowa, you know, the the chances are slim, but they
1: win five games in a row, and all of a sudden they're heading to the NCAA tournament. You, you look at any sport, though. I think baseball is the only sport where, you know, you you really have a an opportunity to to sweep a sweep a series or mm-hmm. or win win big like that, if you know what I mean, or, or yeah. win in an easy fashion. I mean, almost every. Every game that that I can imagine from the past couple of years has been close down to the wire in a championship type game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at it, and that, that's kind of how it is. And I say that that's how it kind of plays out plays out in basketball, but not even just for the championship game. For every game it going going in the tournament, it's just it gets closer and closer and closer. So when you're shooting eighteen of thirty-two <laughs> from the charity stripe, I and mean, they call it charity stripe for a reason, it's supposed to be free. Yeah. how they call it free throws. <laughs> when you, when you're doing that, that that's not going to give you success down the road is something that they they got to clean up. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, do you, do you really think maybe taking Simpson out towards the end of the games and and I, I don't know, putting in somebody else that'll make free throws instead of leaving him in? I he really think do that, that much that for your they- team? I don't think
0: that they would take him out and like put anybody else in for him. I think what they'd end up doing is having uh, Abdurrahman run their point at, at that point because he's one of their better free throw shooters. You kind of have to. You can't put J. Aaron Simmons in there and just expect but him the to sink free throws. Well, yeah,
1: but the moment Simpson touches the ball, it's bam foul. Yeah, I know. It's the same
0: thing with so, Charles Matthews and and any of the, their whole team has pretty much struggled. Their starters and at some point, you just have to roll with it because you can't take those guys out of the game. Like they're your, mm-hmm. they're your better players and you have to have them on the floor. I don't think anybody, I don't think they'd trust anybody to run their actual offense down the stretch in a close game better than Simpson. I don't, I mean, he's done a pretty good job at this season. The fact that he can't make free throws is definitely a rough mark, but it's just like today, they're in so much foul trouble. Um, and I don't even think a lot of that was on them. Was terrible officiating today on, on both sides, but um, just way too, way too many whistles in a game like this. But I,
1: I can't wait for David DeJulius. Next year, next year. <laughs> Oof, that's going to be good.
0: Michigan's got a, a big, loaded 2018 class. going to change a lot of things. But, Elena, I guess what were some of your takeaways from this?
2: Uh, I'm just happy they could uh, avoid kind of this nightmare of uh, what was about to happen today. I don't really know how yeah. they won it, but, I mean, they didn't really execute very well. They had uh, Rockman, Robinson, and Wagner like sitting there uh, for a while in the first half mm-hmm. like to close it out and then just not making their free throws. I mean, it's just kind of a miracle, honestly.
0: Yeah, when you, when you have people sitting for that long in the first half, that's how it is. But Beeline said exactly what uh, you just said right after the game in the you know, the Big Ten Network post-game interview with him. He said, like, I don't know how we actually won that game, but we did. Um, and he, didn't, he he said, like, specifically, I wasn't that proud of my kids for the way that they played like down the stretch and executed and stuff. They made some self-inflicted errors. You know, Charles Matthews has to pass that ball in before it's a five-second violation. With under a minute to go, he doesn't do that. Those are the kind of things it's like – against a team like Nebraska tomorrow, who Michigan really struggled with the first time they played them in Lincoln. If they do that tomorrow, I, I don't see them being able to get a win if they play like this again. I, I think it's going to change. I think what you can look at is Michigan went 3 of 19 from deep today. That's not going to happen a lot, and I think that you know they, they the fact they still were able to win this game says a lot um, with all the mistakes that they made. I don't know if it says more about how oh, Iowa's not that good of a team or it says more about Michigan being a pretty good team. They can overcome their... You know, first season still find a way to win, but they were able to do it today.
1: Well, um, I, I, th- I, think, I think it was impressive when you look at the fact that Wagner and, and Marr were out late. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were out with five fouls. Wagner was out during regulation, and, and then Mohamed Ali he had to, to sit out right when overtime started. And when you have a guy that's your star player in, in, in Mo Wagner, he only plays 16 minutes. The only person to play less was Jeron Simmons it was and he played a, five. It and that's it was a it. season low for him and Rockman both today, like in minutes. And that, that I think that says something though. Mm-hmm. You take your you take your two arguably your two best players out of the out of the lineup and they still come up with a win. I would say it's Michigan's two best players, I think. Without question. I mean, unless you wanted to toss Matthews in there, but that's a little bit of a stretch at this point. Yeah, in the season. I, don't, I don't think he's. Would have said well so earlier. Down the Big Ten, but yeah,
0: the, down the Big Ten stretch. Like, probably. but here,
1: but here's my thing though. At least you can count on a guy like Matthews to play 41 minutes. No, to it, go get eight boards. And to he, score did well he, he did play well today. He did. He
0: did play like there was like, sometimes you know something. The announcers like, oh, you know, he's had a rough day. I'm like, but I don't he's, think he's played that bad today. No, I think he played pretty had, good. for – He had
1: to play good today. He had to. Exactly, and he came up. And he, he had to step he, up.
0: He had a solid second half against Maryland. So you know, for Michigan, you're just hoping that it's more of the same stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Iowa had just a bunch of people step up today. Uh, that, Tyler Cook played a really good game, uh, again, for them at 13 points. And uh, Ryan I- Craner, I think is how you pronounce his last mm-hmm. name, C- Yeah, Yeah. He has showed up in both games. He had 14 points again today. He, he made a big uh, thing in the, in the uh, Big Ten tournament so far. But, nevertheless, they, they put up a fight against Michigan and really gave it their all. Um, tomorrow, Michigan's going to get just as good of a test against a, a way better team. Um, and Nebraska's the team that beat them out for the four seed simply just because they beat them. Uh, what can you expect
1: tomorrow? I mean, Michigan's gonna have to to step up again. There's not there's there's not another option. I mean, it's, it's the tournament. You can't mm-hmm. you can't have a slip up. You can't have a mistake. You can have you know small mistakes throughout the game, but you can't make the overall big mistake of uh, of losing it. If you know what I mean there. And yep. and they they have guys that that can score. Whether it's it's James Palmer Jr., Isaac Copeland, Glenn Watson. There there's guys across the board that that can get things done. For Nebraska, and they were a team that that I, I mean, I, I would never say they were going to win the Big Ten tournament, but I mean, they're they're a team that that can upset uh, a squad like Michigan and, and make the move on to Michigan State. Now I don't think they'd beat Michigan State if they passed Michigan, but they're a team that that well, they might not have what it takes to go all the way. They're they're definitely good for an upset, and it it it's a scary matchup if you're Michigan. It's it's really scary. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't think it's going to be easy at all, Elena.
2: I definitely think it's a scary matchup, but I think that having this struggle against Iowa today, I think that they're really going to come out a lot stronger tomorrow, so I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, John Beilein's teams in the past have kind of been that way. They have a tough game like this. They kind of tend to come out and play better the next day. I think Michigan will definitely show up with a lot more energy. Um, it should be a good one, though. Uh, it's approximately supposed to tip around 230. That always kind of changes, just depending on the games they're played before it. Um, but the one that is going to be played before is the other team in the state, and that's Michigan State. Uh, they'll take on Wisconsin, who was able to take down Maryland uh, earlier today, and You know, Wisconsin didn't have a good season, but with guys like Ethan Happ in their lineup, you never they they can pretty much, you know, they're still a team that you worry about. And actually, they they played Michigan State pretty recently, and they played them pretty good until the final five minutes of that game, Michigan State kind of pulled away. Um, They were able to really hang with them the entire time. So it's not to say that this conference is, like, super even from top to bottom, but when it comes to
1: tournament play, I think a lot of these teams can play with each other, and I expect another good one tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, well, looking back at at Nebraska-Michigan, before I jump over to to they, they they played earlier this year. And I know John Beilein's team, you know, they they develop, they grow, and and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of just how, I guess, his program's always been. But they yeah. played earlier in the in the year on January 18th, and I mean, Nebraska won by 20, 72-52. Yep. So that just goes to show you that that anything really can happen. And then you know, come tournament time, you know, emotions are high, you know, hearts are higher. Hopes are higher. I mean you, you know how that goes. But with Michigan yep. but with Michigan State and Wisconsin though, I mean I think I think right now for, for Michigan State, they just have to keep doing what they've done all year. You know, you you have your guys, you know, you, you have your Miles Bridges, your Nick Ward, your Cassius Winston, your Josh Langford, your Jaron Jackson, you know, even even Matt McQuaid uh coming in there as well. You, you have your guys, you have your rotation. It, it's it's fluid right now. Mm-hmm. So just don't tinker with anything. Do do what you do, and it, it should be a no problem win in in, in my opinion. I, I don't even see I don't see the game being close. I I really don't. Really? You don't think Nebraska keeps it close? I, I think Michigan State turns it up a whole nother notch. Oh. I think it's March. They turn it up. Yeah. It, I, I don't think it's gonna be close.
0: I think Michigan State is definitely ready to prove a point too in this tournament without without a question. Um, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Uh. I definitely
2: up. think they're gonna take uh come out with the win tomorrow. But, I mean, everything's been going so well. So I guess, uh. We'll see if Wisconsin can shake that up a bit.
1: I mean, what it's really going to come down to is 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 it, is it comes down to a to a guy like Ethan Happ. Yeah, that, that's what the game comes down to. I mean, it's, he's the leader. He's the yeah. player on their team. I mean, he yeah he, ha- ha- he averages seventeen point nine a game, and, and I get that. Eighteen point two rebounds, three point eight assists, one and a half steals, a block as well. I mean, it's just all over the the stat line. He fills it up. First but if he but if he, but 10, if he can reason. but but if he can go out there and if he can score. 25, 28 points, something something like that. I think they got a serious chance. But if he can't if he can't put up mid to upper twenties as far as, as far as scoring goes, that they, they just don't have enough on the team. They just don't have enough down down the line. I mean, Brad Davidson's their only other guy that scores in double figures with twelve point one and that's it. Nah, There's just not enough that, there. If if you're Tom Izzo,
0: who do you think you're sticking on him? If you're stick not we, to say he's quite like a Mo Wagner type player, but he's a guy that can like Kind of move like him when he's inside and make a lot of good post moves. You gotta have someone on defense that can and, that can and, stick with him. Nick game. Ward isn't quick Nick enough. Nick Ward is not the guy, in my opinion. I think Jaron Jackson with the length. I think Jaron Jackson for sure. Yeah. And I think with that you, the length. I think that you need to ignore the foul trouble issue and hope that he's matured enough by this time of the year. You at least gotta do that for the first half of that game and see where it goes. Because I think if you put a guy like Jaron Jackson on him, with how good he has been on defense this year, yeah. Um, I think that it eliminates their best player right away, and it kind of. Should make it so it's easier to win that game for Michigan State.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, what do you what do you think about you know going with Jaron Jackson some, but what about you know M- Miles Bridges, six seven, two twenty five, you know, it doesn't have the height, but do you think Bridges would be a a decent second option there. I think they still want him along the perimeter more. I don't think yeah. they want him as much inside,
0: especially with like running breakouts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. When they do get turnovers and stuff from our offense, I think you gotta keep Ridges along the perimeter. But yeah, it wouldn't be the worst idea because he really can guard almost anybody. He he's can. just one of those people that has that
1: kind of size and can play both. But he's like a, I mean, not not gonna compare. I mean, I'm just LeBron yeah. James kind I've of I've uh, kind of a style. Too. I've said
0: it before too. It's not. It's not it definitely like just the way he's built and the way he plays yeah. the game. He's he's a lot like a LeBron James in college basketball. But that's like how I lo- I've looked at it.
1: Jaron Jackson, six eleven. That's gonna be a good matchup to watch, though. For, for him sure. And Pat, if if no those doubt. two
0: go at it all day, it'll be a great matchup and. At the end of the day, if if no one else is getting it done for Wisconsin, you can almost run double teams on a guy like that. Yeah. It's hard to imagine Wisconsin getting away with a win, but crazier things have definitely happened in this tournament before. I but still say there's no way. I think I think everybody in the state right now would definitely be cheering for Michigan and Michigan State tomorrow because you want to see that matchup again. The e- even, yeah. Even it. somebody that's a Michigan fan, you got to be. If,
1: you, if you're yeah. a Michigan fan, you have got to be
0: cheering for Michigan. <laughs> you state. You want to see that, that matchup so up. bad again. Like, well, I don't know. Some Michigan fans are probably pretty greedy and they're like, oh, we got our win this
1: year. We <laughs> don't need to play them again. But that's that's weak though. That, exactly. That's. It's very weak. It's so weak. You always want
2: to beat the best, I think. How about,
1: how about the, I mean, just, just to kind of go through the, the Big Ten a little bit, looking at just the bottom half of the, the bracket, just to, to kind of know what's going on, you know, with, with the top half, Wisconsin-Michigan State playing, and then and then Michigan-Nebraska, we've touched on that. But, um, you know, we record this on a Thursday. It'll go out on a Friday. <laughs> so yeah. by the end of things, you know, so, some of the, the details are going to be, be shaken out. But the, the buys down there, Ohio State and Purdue – and Ohio State's going to take on either Penn State or Northwestern, and then Purdue's going to take on Rutgers uh, or Indiana. Do you see, you know, with, with either of those two teams in Ohio State or Purdue, do you see anybody beating them? Do, do you I really definitely think don't
0: think the top four seeds are all going to get by. I can say that right now, and I, it's easy to say that with like Michigan beating Nebraska. Yeah. But really, I I could see a team like Penn State beating Ohio State in the next round.
1: That's see that's the that, that's the only one that I could see. There's no way Rutgers or Indiana beats Purdue in my opinion. Even Northwestern is like I I still think Northwestern they haven't been that good this year. They're but just they streaky have, though. They're kind of they're kind of they have a lot of people team. on that team yeah. that can
0: win some games. And Ohio State struggled as of late, so it wouldn't surprise me a team that has kind of low confidence as the season ended. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, one of those two teams, either one of them, Penn State or Northwestern, I definitely don't think Purdue is going to get beat by Indiana or Rutgers. I don't think that's going to be even close. All right, so looking at what we got
1: left, who's your guys' uh, champion? At the end of it,
0: I mean, I said Michigan earlier, and I feel like I can't go away from it just because I had a bad game Mm -hmm. today. So I'll still stick with Michigan and say they're going to rebound and play like the team they've been.
1: Who are they going to beat to get there,
0: though? Are they beating Wisconsin or are they beating Sparty? They're beating Michigan State. Yeah. If if they're gonna get to it, they're gonna beat Michigan State. So, and I think that either one of those teams that they play, I I really want to see another rematch of Michigan and Purdue as well. That those both those games were phenomenal this year and right on the wire, Michigan mm-hmm. lost both of them, but very very close games that could have won either way. So, Elena,
2: I would like to see Michigan win, but I said last week, I think I said Purdue. So I'm gonna go ahead and stick with Purdue. I'm
1: gonna go with uh, Rutgers in this one. I just think that they're the <laughs> they're the better team, you know, coming in as the the 14. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Purdue for me, I'm I'm sticking yeah, with yeah. them, and and I, I see them rolling. But I but I do like that. I do like that Penn State upset over Ohio State. I like that. I didn't I think, think it's about very that possible. until now. Oh yeah. But I still think Purdue gets by them and goes to the title and gets the dub for sure. We got a couple of Purdue's and a Michigan here, so we'll we'll
0: see what happens. Let's hope uh,
2: Andy's right here.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it could be, and I don't even know how confident I am after today with it. But I feel like you know you can't just change how you felt about it a week ago because of one game. So. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how what happens and if they can turn it around. But one thing that uh, definitely I felt different about that we're about to talk about so far this uh, spring has been the Tigers, because you know having the one time that you and I talked about it here on the podcast, we, we were going to, for we, so long. I yeah, feel so bad. We we're, were kind of just you know hating on them no matter what, and it, it, just because it's spring training. Okay, we can only take so much away from spring training. They have a five and two record. That really doesn't mean anything. What what does mean something is how the players are actually doing the lineup. Um, and so far, I mean, it's been it's been a lot of bright spots with uh, some of these guys that have been playing so far. You know, a guy like Mikey Matuk, who is probably gonna get a lot of playing time this year. He's gotten four at or eight at bats and he's got four hits. That's the kind of stuff you want to see see him continue from where he was at um not that long ago. And then Nick Castellanos, four for ten so far. It's a four hundred mm-hmm. average. You, they, they a lot of the guys that like are supposed to be, you know progressing for them, they've been able to you know do a pretty good job, but so far. Um, I think that, you know, Candelario, he's definitely one that has been good, too. He's got the home run already. And then he's going to be 12. a dog. They, they've had some, like, really good bright spots so far in the spring, and I don't know if it's because they've had some easy pitching to go up against or what it is. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing with the Tigers' lineup. I feel like they're not very uh, they're not very deep, so I feel like a lot of these guys are going to play no matter what. And they are good enough to, you know, hit some MLB pitching, obviously. But, you know, they're playing a lot of guys for other teams that may be better that are, you know, like, not going to even make the roster. So, it's hard to tell, but nevertheless, when you're five and two so far, and these guys have been able to find ways to get wins as a team. Um, apparently, I, I just saw today they're probably not going to make any cuts until next week, so they still have this really, really big roster right now. But I mean, so far, what can you take away from this? I mean, one guy that seriously.
1: I, well, one guy that I I, I like right now is uh, Leonis Martin, uh, playing center field for the Tigers. Kind of expected to be their opening day center fielder, mm-hmm. and he's he, he's played pretty darn well so far this spring, betting two ninety eight. Got a ribby to his name, five hits, 17 at bats. He hasn't really been playing as, as bad as I thought he would be playing. You know, I see him as a 2.55 hitter throughout the regular season, but right now uh, off to a good start. Victor Martinez, he hit a, a home run today. Went back to back with Castellanos. So just re- really what I what I've been seeing is is good things so far. But like you said, you can only tell so much of spring training. You know, haven't seen you know, Cabrera hit a, a home run. Yeah, so he's got two RBIs, but you know, when, when is the dinger going to come around? Kind of waiting on that Cabrera's Cabrera, but it's the I spring. think he should be able to flip that stuff over. The well, here, here's my thing though just I'm just kind of, well, yeah, I'm mean, batting 300, he's three hits, 10 at bats. That's you know, that there's where you get your 300 from, but when is he going to start getting that power back? All we've heard about is you know, Cabrera's going to get the power back, the power's coming. You know, he he was injured as he says after every season he mm-hmm. was injured during the season. <laughs> yeah, it's been that way with. for the past however many yeah. years. Yeah. So when's the power going to come back? I think that's kind of what we still have to look for. And, and as far as takeaways, yeah, you know, if a 5-2 and two start to the spring is pretty good, but you, you got to hope that power comes around. I think if his power comes around, there's going to be a huge difference than if his power doesn't come around for the season. I think he is he he's the X factor for the Detroit Tigers. And that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. And until I see it, I don't really know if it's gonna be a a successful spring. Power's got to come around, man. It has to. to.
2: I mean, it's early, but um, we got some young guys with some veterans, and obviously, I think Cabrera's like always gonna be—he's gonna be the guy. But I think he'll definitely come around. I mean, he's a great player, obviously. And um, if like if these guys can stay healthy, I mean, it might not be as bad as we thought. Um, Obviously, it's five and two right now. They're looking good, but like you said, they haven't. Gone up against like great mm-hmm. pitching yet, but I guess we'll, we'll have to see. It's still pretty early, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at pitching a little bit, four innings pitched, two hits, no runs, three strikeouts for Chad Bell, a guy that that could come out of the out of the pen or even be, you know, a, a starter if you need him here and there. He did some of that in the past. I, honestly, though, I, I don't really know about this pitching staff either. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him yet. Because we'll a lot of these guys go out here, toss a couple innings and then and then they're done. Yeah, you know, exactly. Towards the end of towards the end of spring training, they'll get to go, you know, m- more 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 of a distance. They'll get to try to to take it a little bit, amp up the pitch count. I mean, you see Zimmerman not allowing a run through two innings, but what the hell does that mean really yeah. when, it, when it comes down <laughs> to it? Right? Yeah, that's so I was so about I, yeah. To say. I, I think that's that's just one of those things where we're gonna we're gonna have to find out. It's a good sign so far, but. Your boy Mike Fires Tumbled has down. a has a win too, so I mean they they've been able to they've been
0: able to get some wins under the, yeah, the what, big names what, what belts, I guess you could say in their rotation these days.
1: What's his ERA? Bam Zero. zero yeah. against <laughs>
0: against a bunch of minor leaguers. So what do you, what do you hey,
1: wait, wait? real quick though, real quick before we jump <laughs> off this this tiger train, what do you think about uh, about picking up Liriano Francisco? Not I. I
0: don't disagree with it. I like it. Yeah, Cheap. I like it too. I think it's wh- why not. Why not? a kind of thing exactly. What do you yeah. have to lose this year? You might as well throw something in there. I mean, it's like such a bridging season for them that it's yeah. like if you can find pieces like that to at least you know try.
2: Just give it them a little. Spot. And you know what?
0: You know what?
1: Here's here's my thing, man. If he if he craps the bed, <laughs> if he can't, if he if he sucks beyond all belief, at least he can teach something to Daniel Norris. Yeah. To to, to Boyd. To I don't know farmer any any of those younger guys. Well, this is the year. You can pass, for, maybe he can pass something on.
0: This is the year for Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd. They've had a couple seasons now where they've been able to be around and like you know be done. There. And obviously the Tigers probably won't give up on them if they don't have the greatest season. But at some point, if they don't start pitching good in the MLB, when they have this much experience, you have to start saying like, okay, where's the consistency ever going to come from? Especially the guy like Daniel Norris who's been hurt um, time and time again. It's like every time they seem to get him back. Three weeks later you just see him on the IR again. It's just it's yeah. that that just seems to be how it's been with him. He's a guy that needs to avoid that and try to stay healthy this year while pitching consistently. even when he that, that's always been a thing. Oh well he you know he's been hurt, you know, or he's still fighting something, so that's why he's never been able to be consistent. At some point, that just becomes a thing. He's just not consistent, in my
1: opinion. So Yeah. You gotta figure it out. Looking forward to the to the Tigers this weekend. They got the Rays at one, they got the Nationals on a short squad at one oh five. And then i got the Mets coming back on Monday, so a couple games there for you over the weekend. You can follow them on MLB Game Day. but Yeah, that's a, yeah it's, it's pretty that's, tough that's to that's watch them right now. Sometimes they, the,
0: sometimes they play them on the radio, and you can hear them. Uh, Dan Dickerson, favorite then broadcast announcer out there. Just throw out a, there right now. Well, then there's
1: a couple of those Listen, games man. that are on TV. Those are the best. When you sure. get to watch them spring training, that's the best. Yeah, exactly. Best, so. they, they
0: throw them on there, Rod Allen's cracking jokes left and right, you're like, all right, man, we're starting to get close to the right time. <laughs> oh, yeah, you again. know it's coming. <laughs> exactly. I might,
2: I might uh, try to go to one when I'm down in Florida. I, I want to go to the, uh when they play the Yankees. Be hit, cool. up, hit up you Lakeland. Should. Hit yeah.
0: up Lakeland. Hit yeah, up, yeah, up old think, Lakeland. I'm thinking about it. Honestly, if I could retire and just do that, I don't even care what team it is, if I could just do that yeah. for the rest of my life. I Aren't know there a bunch of old said. people in Lakeland? Oh, yeah. yeah any, anywhere. In like like, retirement home area. Man, I went to Puta Gorda like, not that long ago to Florida. When I was getting on the plane, I think with me and my friends, we were the only kids that were under <laughs> 60 years old. I, I'm dead serious. Like, Not that I have a problem with
1: old people. <laughs> it's I mean, just older, it's older, older ages, retirement if you're out there, I, mean, I love you. I got grandparents too. So If
0: I was that old and had that much money... I'd probably be doing the same thing. Why fight the cold weather here? <laughs> exactly. Go down I mean, to Florida, just,
1: watch some baseball. Yeah,
0: you've seen that much of it in your life. You might as well just go enjoy yourself twenty four right. seven. So I'm with you. Nevertheless, can do that. But does this change? Can can it, can it change your expectations at all? Or are the Tigers still uh,
1: still a team that's gonna be fighting from the bottom up this year? Oh, they're fighting from the bottom up. Good. That's a we way we're going to say something crazy. They're fighting way down from the bottom up.
2: Yep. I agree with that. It's yep. only only seven games and you can't uh,
0: I think it's encouraging. I think it's encouraging to see uh some of their players play the way they've played so far and to put together a record like this in the spring against other talent that's like them.
2: And I think that like winning some games, I think they'll be like, "Okay, we like we like this feeling."
0: Yeah. And maybe <laughs>
2: that maybe it'll change change the outlook this season, but I guess well, we can only...
0: we'll see what they're able to do and it'll be interesting to keep following them as the spring goes along here but I can't wait till the actual baseball season starts so col- college is already here but professional not that far away so one team that uh, definitely hasn't been winning though is the Detroit Red Wings they've had a, a pretty bad year again uh, probably not gonna make the playoffs and if they did it'd be a heck of a run to get there but I think uh, one of the one of the major problems was you know the Red Wings weren't really giving a direction with what they wanted to do they weren't it was kind of like we don't know, if like when going into the trade deadline day. I don't think anybody that you know follows this team really knew if they were going to actually get rid of someone um, that meant something and be able to get something back for it. And I think getting rid of Thomas Tatar um, for the trade they did with a first-round pick 2018, a second-round pick 2019, a third-round pick 2021, the three that they got back for Tatar. In my opinion, that's an absolute haul um, if you're trying to rebuild. And I think that that was a sign of them trying to rebuild because Tatar has had a better season this year. Um, a little or a little bit better than he has had in the, in the past couple of years, um, and I personally think you know the move by the, the Knights to, be, to take him wasn't or by Vegas I don't think it was a great move. Um, I think that they should have kept their picks and went with that. But if they think that Tatar is going to really get them where they need to be right now, I guess we'll see how it plays out. But nevertheless, I think getting rid of a guy like that for those kind of picks is great, and I think it only says good things about their future.
1: Yeah, I mean sending off yeah, a
0: couple good picks now they're going to have in well, yeah, the first round. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, sending off, you know, Thomas Tatar, and you, you get back a 2018 first round draft pick, 2019 second round, and 2021 third round pick. That that that's a good for Thomas that, That's Tatar, a good bring back, I think. I think it's a
0: great I like trade. It. I mean, everything about it I like and I, and
1: I think And then let's talk well, let's, let's talk about let's talk about Peter Mrazek, too. You sent him over to the Flyers. Yeah. Philadelphia and you get a 2018 fourth round and a 2019 third round. I don't got a problem with that. I think it was all right. I don't got a problem I don't with know. That.
0: I, I think that Mirazik was younger, and that's the one thing that I have a problem with. And I don't know what the Red Wings plan on doing for a goalie here to finish it out, but Jimmy Howard's not going to get anything done, I don't think. And I think them banking on Jimmy Howard a lot isn't really necessarily something that they should be doing.
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. When Jared, it comes Jared, to, Jared Carew's been pretty good, though. He has with, been. He's, with, played, uh, he's played good for him this with year. With the Griffins and then coming up a little bit and, and playing. I think I he's know, been all I right. know they like him and stuff, and they really
0: believe in him. And I, I guess maybe Morazic has been kind of a head case. You know, that he had that one great season in the playoffs, and it kind of led everyone to believe, like, oh, my gosh, this guy really is going to be like the next goalie for us. You
1: Because, know? what, Jimmy's 33. How much longer do you give him? He's got 11 years. Jimmy Howard just has washed up. He's never going to be good again. I mean, how many more I years mean, do you give him, though? Do you think as far as him being with, with the team? It wouldn't
0: bug being... me if they got rid of him at the end of this year. Yeah. I, I don't care. I mean, at, at this point, you might as well just
1: move on and try something else. I swear, the hardest thing about the thing that I always, you know, wrestle with about the NHL is just the struggle to to dip into the draft and find players that, that can play right away. Yeah. There's only a few every year. But with the NBA, you got rookies playing all over the place, you know, and it's the I, sport people can just step into
0: and yeah. make an immediate impact in your team, and that's very, very hard to do um, in the NHL. There's only been a few. Yeah, you see it, you see it happen every now and again. I mean, it does happen, um, but just not as much. And the Red Wings are definitely still a ways away from being a really good team again. But I think mm-hmm. this is a start, making a trade like this. I mean, they they, yeah. gave, they gave up Tatar, who would technically right now you call him like a prime goal scorer um, in the prime of his career, and they gave him up for picks like that. And I think what they got back for that was pretty good. Um, hanging on to Mike Green, um, I'm not so I don't I don't know. Uh, they they didn't move him, but I think that that's not the worst move because I think that he's a a good presence in the locker room. and I think that's someone that a lot of these young guys can look up to, especially with how much you know,
1: youth is on the Red Wings defense. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm I, I'm with you on that one as as far as Green goes. I mean, he gives you he gives you what you want. He gives you a handful of assists. He can score a couple goals from the point. I mean, there's really not not much to it other than the fact that he can give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and he's been in the league 12 years. Sure. Well, that's we know that pretty much can, all you get from overall,
2: him. Overall, I think this I think this was good for them. I mean, uh, when your team's losing, I mean, you got to do something else, and I think this was a it was a good move for them.
0: At the end of the day, no doubt, definitely something that they had to do. Um, you just kind of have to get over yourself and your ego of what the Detroit Red Wings feel that they are, and that's that we have to make the playoffs every year mm-hmm. to be a success. At some point, you're gonna have to drop it, rebuild. It's get, go back to the Dead Wings era um, of when they couldn't win any games and just kind of figure it out, but get your team back together and get
1: back to a winning way by building from your own core. Which well, just kind of crazy looking at looking at some of these guys. I mean, Zetterberg's 37, and and you just you look down the list a little bit. Darren Helm, a guy who you feel like has just been here forever <laughs> and in Detroit. He's 31. Yep. You, know, you, you have guys. <laughs> Justin Abikader Abla- is 31. I mean you, you have your you have your young guys in in, yeah. in Dylan Larkin and and Luke Glenn Denning still still kinda young and, and um, promising those guys just hasn't seen as much is what Well yeah. Anthony Mantha as well, but Mantha I think is still he's still got a lot left.
0: But you and got he, but you got a lot of guys
1: him. that are that are getting up there and you're kinda of just like how do you fill those spots? I just I, I just feel like, you know, Hellman and Applicator have been around forever, Zetterberg's been around forever. Those are those are I mean those are, those, are the, those are the guys people come to see though. Exactly. I mean, people still pay for the like
0: at least we can still exactly. watch this guy play. We can still watch this legend play, you know, for our team. Obviously, Zetterberg's jersey is going to get retired when he when he does retire. But I mean, the dude's basically out in the ice on a walker right now and he's still playing. <laughs> I know. So, it's kind of just like, you know, when are these guys actually going to leave? Or are they going to move on from him? The Red Wings are so like loyal to their veterans. They never want to like, you know, offend a veteran or like, you know, misplay him or do something like that. It's I find it hard to believe that they're going to really like push him out. They're not. He'll play until he wants to stop. Exactly. Which isn't good for the team. No, though, it's really think. not. At some point, you got to start getting these younger guys more experienced, which, I mean, a lot of them are right now. But when you start getting some of these draft picks coming in the next few years and stuff like that, and it starts moving along, even some of the guys that are in Grand Rapids right now playing for the Griffins, those guys got to start getting some more playing time, and some of these old guys just got to move on at some point. Um, it's, just, it, it, it's a lot of what you talked about last summer when it's the Tigers, like, just got to push out the old and come in with the new and hope that you can get past it um, at some point. But I think for the Tigers, took too long to do that. Yep. Oh, way too long. But, I mean, it took it took too long for them to move on. Um, I will never say that what Dave Dombrowski did was a bad thing. I think him making the moves that he did, I think the dude was a wizard, and he put him in the best position to win some series. Mm-hmm. I think what the Red Wings have done for a while now is, you know, Holland just made a lot of moves to... Keep them in the playoffs, getting guys like David Legwand a year ago. Just these random old people, they would just add to their roster, pretty much just to push and say twenty five years in a row and be happy with that, and acting it means something. And then also, okay, it means a little bit, but at the end of the day, once once it gets past that twenty mark and you're not even competing for a a Stanley Cup anymore, who cares? There's a difference between winning and filling the seats. Yeah,
1: that's the issue.
0: I mean, Red Wings fans will always show up and they'll they'll be there because it's just what Michigan is. Michigan's a hockey. Town, Detroit's a hockey town. Yeah, they can't go without it. Like they will come and watch it. The Pistons are the opposite. When the Pistons start losing, Everybody forget runs it. Out yeah, of town. no one's there. No one's gonna show up. But the Red Wings, they'll still get a good amount of fans no matter what. We'll see how the the Wings do though. Talk to me in in a year or two, and yeah, we'll see. Exactly. That's where it's at with a lot of the teams in Detroit right now. And he knew it was coming the past couple seasons mm-hmm. but I think this is definitely a step in the right direction getting rid of Tatar breaks my heart a little bit being a Grand Rapids native you know watching this guy literally come up from his corpse and make it there and have a couple of the good seasons that he had with him in a row and him and Nyquist were just phenomenal back in the 2014 season they it's just been a while since then though and it's just like at some point you got to make the moves so that it was better for your franchise and that's where they're at right now so uh, that'll do it for our uh, normal topics today but we'll wrap it up with our stud and duds
1: Evan, what's your stud? Yeah, so my stud is going to be uh, a lot different here. It's going to be Dave Clark. Uh, he pretty much runs CM Life. He kind of helps make the, the whole thing go. I wanted to give him a, a little bit of a, a shout-out here. So uh, so Dylan, the sports editor, and I were going to Cleveland, and I came up to the office today, and he like hooked us up with a bunch of food and snacks and stuff like that, and that was just pretty cool. So thanks, Dave. Just wanted to say thanks. Great stud right there. Great pick. I love it. Elena.
2: And you guys are going to love mine. It's Dwayne Wade. He, uh, <laughs> he shook Ben Simmons the other night for the game winner, so uh, that was pretty cool. My man still got it.
0: The, I can see the wheels turning. 20,
2: 27 <laughs> points my man had. That's his don't, first, that's don't his first game winner don't in, what, anything. like 40 years? Don't say anything. Stop. Just be happy for him.
1: Was it first game winner? in Stop. A long wow. time. I would definitely say. Turn his uh, mic off. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, we don't
0: want to have a fight. In here, he's not even that good
1: anymore. He's out. literally not that good anymore.
2: Get out.
1: He is not that Get good out. at all. Next. Why? Why is he a good player?
2: Next.
1: Tell me right now why he's a good player. What makes him good right now?
2: He had to change his game a little bit. I can tell you that. But he's still he's a he's a role player now, and he took on that role, and he's he's doing good. And last, er, what was it? It was two okay, nights so. ago. He, he, just gives him a spark. Okay, he's the he's the energy in the building now.
1: So he's not that good. He's just a role player.
2: Stop! I think he's great. Don't don't put words in my mouth.
1: <laughs> I just don't answer. think he's that good. I don't. Why why is that? What what are your reasons for it, Evan? He's broken.
2: He's You're, 36. Yeah, I know. 14 he's getting years up there. in the league,
1: <laughs> and people still act like he's this big time superstar. He is all star, best of the best. No. He was good. He was good when he had his team and when he was rocking with LeBron for a little bit.
2: You don't think he but, was good before that?
1: No, I think he was really when I uh, say when he had his own team. Oh, when it was okay, just okay. him when it was just him by, by himself kinda of doing, doing I mean his, everybody goes on to hell, he
2: can't be the same player he always was. He was he was flash. He was like, people just gotta that stop acting
1: like he's all bad. All the you know, it's a it's a game winner or whatever, and it's oh D Wade, all the hype, the legend. Nah, man, you're not you're not a legend. He
2: is a legend. Dwayne Wade
1: is a very good basketball player, but Dwayne Wade is <laughs> not a legend. I not he
2: wasn't a legend. Oh. Dwayne
1: Wade is not oh a my legend. Gosh.
0: All right, you guys can fire the podcast, but I'll give my stud now uh, to a basketball team that is very deserving of it. Uh, the Central Michigan women's basketball team last night won their uh, second consecutive regular season championship. Um, Evan, you were there. I uh, was there. I, I, Delaney, it was. late. Like, did you go?
2: No, I didn't.
0: I couldn't make it because I had to run three I had, yeah, for yeah, three I had a all paper day. Well. Comeback <laughs> win. It was. It, yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah, like, keeping up with the game last night watching it. It was like, oh boy, here we go again. End of the season. Cause I, I covered this team last year, and at the end of the season they ended up being able to still win the regular season championship. They kind of had a game like this, and then they went into the MAC tournament and they completely choked in the first round and fell. And I, I think it killed Sue uh, Guevara, their head coach on the inside, just you know knowing how good that team was, and she wanted to give. You know, stuff to seniors like Jewel Cotton. She wanted her to win a game. Well, last night they get the regular season championship done again, and like you said, Cassie Breen breaks that three-point record. Unreal. All that stuff, just phenomenal. It was a lot of fun covering that team last year, and they've, they've done it again this year. So she's got uh definitely the championship culture that they talk about here at Central mm-hmm. Michigan. She's got her team in the right
1: direction. Probably the only that. one that has that championship culture, though, right?
0: Yeah, I would uh, say they're the only team that's been that consistent, at least since I've been around here. So yep. that, definitely uh, definitely a thing to be proud
1: of, though. Evan your dud. Yeah, so my dud is actually sticking with Central Michigan uh, it's Keno Davis. Now, I, I brought him up as my dud, I think, what was it, maybe two weeks ago or a week ago I brought him up. <laughs> Whenever it was, but before the, the Western game, you know, he, he said there was no point to, to playing Western. He said if we would have lost the game, it wouldn't have mattered because it was just another game or whatever. And, and first, what coach says that? And second of all, it's your your in-state rival. It's really just your overall rival. And he said that he doesn't think it's a rivalry, and he doesn't circle it. But then then I'm at media availability, and I ask him, I say, you know, what does it mean going up against Western? What are your thoughts? And he he said, quote, there's always extra meaning when you play an in-state game and your rival in Western Michigan. End quote. (laughs)
0: That's, yeah. I, it, like, it, come on now. You, 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 can't, you can't go back on your words. The other night after the game, too, you know, you can ask them a couple questions about it. Right? You can tell the players, too. Um, we're even reacting to it more as, like, yeah, it's a big game because it's a rivalry game. They kept saying it's a big game because it's a rivalry game. That wasn't
1: how the attitude was, like, before. If you lose so, a game, don't tell me that it doesn't matter and that it's not really a rivalry game, it's just another game on your schedule. And then a little over a week later, turn around and say it's a rivalry game. Don't do it, please, Keno Davis. Don't
0: do it. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, th- that's definitely something to look at and try. It- it's almost. Fake. It's ridiculous. It's fake in a it way. It is fake. Um, when you say that you're, you know, you can, you're gonna have different. Res- like, you don't care about it as much, and then all of a sudden you say you do.
1: Two, two, two realist coaches in what a here week span? School. No, I'm, no, I'm saying two realist coaches at, at Central Michigan University is as far as the the athletic programs go. Suji. Absolutely honest all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's phenomenal. No she doubt. Cover. Anytime you like, her team didn't play well, she'd
0: be the first one to tell you that. Oh, and she rips exactly, her own players exactly apart. Exactly
1: tell you who didn't play well.
2: Yeah,
0: that's why she
1: wins games. But for Keno Davis, everyone just plays well. They just happen to lose. <laughs> now, now another guy, Steve Jackska, baseball coach, so real too. He he's a he is a real he is a real true coach. But I I, I look at both those coaches and I think they're untouchable here at CMU. You know Steve's been here for what's going to be a 16th year as the as the head coach. Sue has been here for for as long as she's been winning winning as much as she's won Steve winning as much as he's won. They're untouchable. For he sure. knows not for sure. <laughs> yep I would agree with <laughs> all a little rant that. right there. Sorry. <laughs> no doubt. All right, my,
2: my dad's going to be uh, J.r. Smith. he's been suspended for one game for detrimental conduct. We don't really know what he did, I don't think. do you guys know what he did? I know that Ty Lu said that something happened after the shoot-around that caused him to have to suspend him, so I don't know. But, JR, stop. Just, just Some stop.
0: immature behaviors, <laughs> so that sounds like, right there. But my dud uh, is the Mi- Minnesota, Minnesota Golden uh, Gophers for uh, losing to Rutgers in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Anytime you lose to Rutgers, you deserve to be a dud. So I think that's really all I need to say about it. i gotta um, ask
1: you, I got to ask you guys both, both a question real quick. Um, sure. Sure, Evan. Before before it? we end the podcast, all right, Dwayne Wade. Oh, here we go. Hang on, don't don't look at the computers. No cheating. <laughs> How many times has he scored more than twenty points this season?
2: This season, not very many. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. I don't I don't know the exact number, but I know not very many. Two. So you looked it up just <laughs> oh, yeah. to say this, just to burn him. Okay, yeah, he's he's older. Okay, he Two. didn't he. he not even in bed in the position where he he's got to be the guy this year though.
1: Dwayne Wade is no longer. I would star. say I agree with Elena. I think that
0: I think that he's just taking a role, man. He's, I don't care lo- 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 what you he's think. A, he's a, he's, he's a, a little bit, bit older now, his man. His at some point, you gotta let the guy move on too. He's
2: not a LeBron. Two. He, okay. What?
0: What's on the show? <laughs> What's on the show? You done? You guys done today? just because
2: you're done bashing Dwayne Wade, okay?
0: Okay, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening. I'm sure that they appreciate it, too. And uh, we can maybe get some more of these fights going for you. If you guys like it, make sure you let us know. Uh, Keep following it on CM Life and CMI Sports. Um, And we'll post it off our Twitters as well. Download it on iTunes, all that jazz. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next time after spring break. So we will have a week off next week, but we'll be back after that. Thanks for listening.